Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Thanks everybody for joining us on episode 7 of Two Views Movies Podcast. I'm Garrett. I'm Carson. And today is our March preview episode, which means we're going to try and talk about movies coming out in March that we plan on potentially seeing and talking about in the next podcast. And what we're looking at today is Red Sparrow, Death Wish, Hurricane Heist, Pacific Rim Uprising, Ready Player One, and Tomb Raider. So let's just start it off at the top of the list with Red Sparrow. Yeah, this, this movie looks, looks exactly like what a, a Black Widow movie would be which i mean i think it'd be good but the whole time i'm gonna be thinking that's mystique as black widow (laughs) i forgot about the mystique angle (laughs) yeah i mean i thought the same exact thing i don't know why marvel maybe it's not a good movie or a good story but marvel should have maybe just looked at purchasing those rights and adapting it into black widow but i guess they've got their own rights so they really wouldn't need to do that yeah and i don't know enough about the red sparrow book right to know you know how much of a coincidence that is, but it looks to me exactly like the background of, of Black Widow. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it doesn't, I don't know, if like in terms of a movie setting aside the Black Widow thing, it looks, I don't know, kind of generic-ish. Like, it seems like it, it I will say it looked like the trailer did a really good job of selling it on like that it could be kind of violent and visually okay Uh, but like the plot line just they didn't give you anything to really say okay this isn't going to be anything different than a normal spy movie yeah and the first trailer made it sound like she was doing all the killing you know like she would lure somebody back and she'd kill them and then she's a super spy the second trailer it showed that somebody else like she just distracts them while somebody else kills them yeah it doesn't give you enough to kind of get your footing on any of it. Um, and then it seems like it's got the cliched, like I've been brainwashed or trained to be part of this spy program and now I want out. And so I'm going to help you bring down the program. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a good cast, right? At least in terms of Edgerton and Jennifer Lawrence. I just don't expect a whole lot from it. No, my expectations are, are pretty mediocre. On yeah. I'll see it. Uh, I want to see it. Yeah. I, you know, I had read that Darren Aronofsky was attached to it at one point, which he makes some pretty weird movies after he left david fincher was attached to it which he makes good movies so you know gone girl girl with the dragon tattoo which the thing i had read said that fincher wanted to do this and bring on rooney mara which would have been a reunion of girl with the dragon tattoo you know fincher makes good movies and they're usually pretty solidly made i guess like they're not typical blockbusters and i do feel like the trailer of this movie didn't feel kind of blockbusterish. It felt like it's trying to be something maybe a little bit more artistic than that. I, I, the trailer felt a little like a David Fincher movie to me, which makes it seem interesting, but I don't know enough about this guy. I looked him up, the director. He directed the last two mocking Jays. <laughs> so I don't. So the expectations just took another. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, so I don't really know where I, I land on this. Um, I think he'd also directed like I am legend and, um, Constantine. Yeah. So that if you factor all that in, that kind of gives you your range of good and bad, right? Like none of those movies are horrible. None of them are great. So to me, it feels like Red Sparrow is going to land somewhere right in the middle of all that. And I I get the impression that they're trying to sell it as an assassin type movie, but I have a feeling it's going to be pretty slow with, with a couple 
you know, murders in there. Yeah. And I just don't. Even the the training scene of her in the the red room of, of becoming the sparrow, I just don't think that's going to be. I think they could do a lot with that. I just don't feel like that's a pivotal part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I think they're playing that up because that's what makes it interesting. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if you had to ballpark it, where do you think you'd be on that? Where are you putting your expectations? I'm putting it at a three. Yeah, I think about a three. Yeah. With some obviously you know, plus minus either way. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right, so then next one up on the list is Death Wish. Bruce Death, Willis. The Tale of Two Trailers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There there are there are two trailers currently out. And one makes it cheesy action esque, almost a comedy. And then the the second one got really dark. And which is what I think this movie is. Yeah. Completely agree with you. Watching them back to back, if anybody's listening and you're checking out the trailer. Go watch them both. It is insane how different they are. And you wouldn't think that it would be... They, they use, I would say, 75% of the same scenes in both trailers. Right. Like there's maybe a little bit. But they just attack it from two different angles. And I know one of the things that always sticks out for me in trailers is music. Whether it's something I like or something I've noticed or something in the case of Death Wish that's really, really bad. I don't know. Maybe Back in Black is just something that culturally here has just been kind of overused. And I don't know what it was, but when it hit in that first trailer, about halfway through, <laughs> it turned into like a spoof almost. I'm like, okay, am I? are we supposed to be laughing at Death Wish? Or are you trying to make this seem cool? If you're trying to make it seem cool, it didn't work. Yeah, it looked more, as soon as Back in Black hit, it looked more Expendables-esque. Yeah, you know, that's it, a good... It was, it was kind of, okay, we're, we're almost making fun of ourselves, but we're, but we're not. But right. It's, but it's a, a cheesy action movie, and that's what we're looking at. And the second trailer made it look like, okay, this could be... Yeah. A man on fire type movie. Taken one kind of thing. Right. Yeah, completely agree. I've never seen any of the originals. Have you? I, There's five <laughs> yes, of them, I think. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen the first one. Okay. And I mean, it's basically Charles Bronson walking around shooting people. Yeah. Like, like, there's not much else to right. it. It's, I mean, it was it's, him, in, it's him killing people in different ways. <laughs> right. And it was made in the 70s, so it's going to have a different kind of shtick to it. I just couldn't believe the difference. Like I actually wanted to kind of see it after trailer two on trailer one. I was like, there's no way I'm going to waste my time. I'll just see it when it comes on HBO or DVD. I, I really, whoever made that first trailer should be fired, should be fired. That's a, that's a miserable attempt at a trailer. Cause even they use the same jokes. So there's a scene where Bruce Willis is going to kill a guy who's under a, car at a mechanic shop and he's like please don't kill me and bruce is like i'm not gonna kill you jack's gonna kill you and then he pulls the chain and the jack falls and kills the guy it has two different feels from back in black to the second trailer like it's still a cheesy line yeah. but it doesn't seem overly hokey as it did in the first one with back in black playing playing in the background it was almost like again expendables i'm using that as my yeah and then a joke John McClane would make in the first Die Hard. Yeah. You know, where, where it works. It's cheesy, but it works. But <laughs> right. then the other one is just cheesy. Yeah. And so you got that just by the music that's playing, which is, which I know why they put music is to, to make you feel a certain way, you know, nostalgia or something about sure. what, what's playing in, in, in that person. Yeah. But again, again, they, they should be fired. I kind of was bummed out that Elizabeth Shue's not going to be in it for more than apparently 10 minutes. Right. Where she gets killed. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, it's not a spoiler because they're putting it in the trailer and who really cares if, you know, the wife dies in the first 10 minutes, it sets up the whole movie. But I've always wondered, like, why cast Elizabeth Shue or somebody like that 
in that role if they're only going to be around for like 10 minutes. Well, where's Elizabeth Shue been lately? No, I know, but I've got to think that somebody with her kind of name recognition or whatever, even amongst a certain number of people, like, is it, unless she's, you know, coming in for a minimum salary, right? And just saying, just put me in and get my name back out there. Well, I think she's just happy to be on the big screen again. That's possibly true. I just, it's always interesting to me when I see that in the beginning. The other reservation I have about this movie is it's made by Eli Roth. I haven't really, so I haven't seen Hostel, which is one of his big claims to fame, so I, I can't say anything about that, but the last movie that you and I both saw by Eli Roth, do you remember what it was? I don't. Knock Knock. Knock Knock. <laughs> right. <laughs> With Keanu? Yeah. Yes. And so I remember you and I talking about that when we watched it, and it, it was clearly going for B-movie, schlocky feel with Knock Knock, and so I don't really know now what this is going to be because the first trailer felt like B movie schlocky. And then the second trailer was like, Hey, we're trying to be a little bit more serious, grungy vendetta action movie. Haven't really cared for much of Eli Roth's movies. So my expectations are not very high for this. Yeah. And hostile was more of a, um, I'm going to kill you as gory as possible. Yeah. It's like a splatter movie. Yeah. And I hope it's not like that. I mean, I'm assuming Bruce Willis is going to kill a bunch of people in a bunch of different ways, right. you know, but it doesn't need to go over the top of the gore like they do in Hostel. Yeah. I, my, again, my expectation shifted from this is probably going to be a two, but it's Bruce Willis, so I want to see it. But yeah. now, now I'm thinking it could be three, three and a half, depending yeah. on how, how well they pull, pull it off. Yeah. They also have uh, the poor man's Bruce Willis uh, as the apparently a police officer. Hank from Breaking oh. Bad. <laughs> yeah. He's always yeah, been known do. as poor man's Bruce Willis, and then there they are sitting next to each other, and I'm like, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really see anybody else. I, now that you say I recognize Elizabeth Shue, and I recognize Hank, but nobody else in this movie. I really, I don't even think I recognize the daughter. I didn't look into it, but... No, I didn't. So not like a big cast or anything. The other thing about the trailers that was really different was the first one was more of a, hey, there's this guy on YouTube that's been you know, going out and getting vendettas against people and trying to clean up the streets and he's got this reputation. It was almost that approach, whereas the second one was just let's just focus on the fact that he's a husband and a father who's been scorned by something and he's out to get revenge. And it was just two very, very different angles on the whole thing. Yeah, that that's that's sway talking about him on on YouTube. Yeah, that's the, right. But the first one I almost got a uh, unbreakable feel. Uh-huh. Uh a kind of in the shadows, you know, doing, doing stuff that way. I'm like, okay, I can still see that. Yeah. And then, uh, then the back and black got into a completely different, <laughs> different realm. But uh, yeah, the second trailer wasn't like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering how it, it focuses there. Sure. Sure. So big takeaway from death wish is choose your music in your trailer. Very, very careful. <laughs> exactly. Hurricane heist. So I'm not <laughs> sure that either of us will actually see this, but I wanted to put it in here because you sent me a message like a week or two ago after you had seen a movie and you're like, I just saw one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. And it was about hurricane heist and you sent us a link on YouTube and immediately went and watched it. So I figured let's at least talk about this one. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're taking disaster movie plus heist movie and taking it over the top and saying, let's just throw them together and see what happens. Yeah. Which actually I, in an odd way, kind of somewhat appreciate and respect because every other disaster movie is the same. It's, a dad who's got some kind of family issues and the disaster comes along and he needs to go save his family and get back to them somehow. I say that's every other disaster movie, but the ones I'm thinking of like 2012 San Andreas, I think even like 
Poseidon was like that with Kurt Russell. Day after tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. always it's like it's literally the same exact formula. So I kind of appreciate the fact that somebody's like, how do we do something different with a disaster film? Oh, let's put a heist film let's together. Heist right in the middle of it. I mean, at least they're trying something. Now yeah. I'm not saying that it's going to be good or that it's going to be even commendable afterwards but hey at least they're trying something yeah it, it won't be good uh, i'm gonna go ahead and put it there right. but i think it'll be cheesy funny yeah and so i think almost not quite sharknado but along those same lines right i did like how in the beginning it's like from the director of fast and the furious i'm like okay and it's like in the director of triple x like oh okay <laughs> and i already kind of know what the premise is it's not looking very good but i did think it was funny that it kind of goes through the whole trailer and again really bad music choice played rock you like a hurricane right <laughs> but I, I i say really bad in the sense that i mean if that's what this movie is going for then okay i guess that's fine because i'm not taking it seriously the minute that starts to hit oh i think they they know what they are and right so that's why it worked with that trailer <laughs> <laughs> right I and mean, why not put rock you like a hurricane hurricane sure. at this yeah. point why not it kind of gets to the end of the trailer and you think it's going to stop. And then it just starts flashing these big tagline words up at the screen. And it's, uh, what is it? 600 million stolen at 600 miles per hour. Yeah. It, I, <laughs> that killed me. Oh, I didn't get why, why it was at the end like that. Yeah. You know, so why not lead with that? Or right. at least in the middle when you're getting the gist of everything. But right. it's like they just kind of threw it in there at the end. Right. Well, it was almost like somebody loved the tagline so much and they watched the trailer and like, guys, where's my tagline? <laughs> This, this is the selling point of the movie. This, this has got to be in the whole time. So they're like, all right, all right, Dave, we're going to put in your tagline. And they just threw it in at the end. And it's a fine tagline or whatever. It just killed me. Yeah, how it just slapped on at the end. And it comes in and like each word has its own big zoom in with like these big sound effects. I'm like, God, they really wanted us to know that that's the tagline of the movie. Yeah, they didn't want to give it away in the, the beginning of the trailer that there could be doing a heist during a hurricane. But they also didn't want to ruin the action in the middle of the trailer right. <laughs> so, so they had no place to put it and so, oh, just throw it in there at the end yeah the whole movie feels like it started with a tagline oh like sure. somebody came up with this like hey i've got this really awesome idea for a movie what is it oh it's 600 million stolen at 600 miles per hour yes let's <laughs> roll with this or i want to do a heist movie with alliteration of some disaster okay well hurricane also starts with an h so right that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. earthquake heist is like no right <laughs> no. No. so no i i, I want to see it only from I I know it's gonna be and I know it's gonna be cheesy awful but is it getting a full release I didn't even look like I would assume since we're getting trailers ahead of movies that it's oh I think so wow yeah it I looks know. like sci-fi yeah right? like sci-fi Shark channel Nato, yeah. yeah I don't know it's gonna be bad but it could be awesomely bad <laughs> yeah that, that's what I'm hoping for I'm hoping it's so I mean the trailer indicates that it's gonna be so cheesy that it should be funny right all right so the next one up is Pacific Rim Uprising. Did you see the first one? I did. Okay. I did. I liked it. I mean, I knew it was a giant robot fighting a giant lizard monster creature. Mm -hmm. And so if you have that expectation going in of this is, you're just waiting for the robots to fight. Yeah. I like Charlie Hunnam in the first one. I like Idris. Yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, I thought he did a good job. So John Boyega is playing his son. His son. Yeah. In this. Which I couldn't tell you anything about the first one. I mean, other than Transformers fight. Godzilla's. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah, that was actually one of my comments when I, that I have written down here when I watched it. Is there's literally no way to spoil this movie? No, I don't think so. I mean, you, you know it's going to happen, and then even even the trailer ruins. I think their big reveal of them instead of the robots joining together for one big Megazord, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> it, it's the uh, 
it's the the, the kaiju, the the monsters that join together right. for one big moment, which I don't know how that even happens, but I'm sure why not. Right. That part was revealed already in the trailer, so thank thanks for ruining that. But then but you I, have But really that's just another extension of we're gonna have big robots fight big monsters. Yeah, and then we're gonna have bigger monsters, you know, for right. more robots to fight bigger monsters. Right. That's why I'm saying there's like no plot twist or anything that you could add into this. I mean, you could literally just try and spoil the movie and whoever's going to watch this shouldn't care because you are going to watch giant robots fight giant lizards. You, you know that's going to happen, so just show it. It's just eye candy, you know. Yeah. I, you just, I just want to watch. I just want to watch that fight. Yeah. And so the second trailer is a little bit different, and so it showed um, kids training to fight these eventually. And so their pilots are all dead, and so it's the kids that are in these robots, like kids, like teenage, young teenage mm-hmm. people that are piloting these robots. So I think that's a different dynamic. Not that's going to make it better or worse. It's just. I couldn't tell you if they showed that in the first one or not. They did not. Okay. Uh, they didn't. It was it was on the, the second trailer that watched before this, gotcha. this episode. I was like, okay, so now there's a, at least a little bit more than just, hey, let's hop back in our robots and go fight. Right. So if you like Godzilla movies and or you like Transformers movies, there's really no reason why. Then you'll love this. Right. <laughs> it always has reminded me of Robot Jocks. I feel like I'm one of the only people that saw that when I was a kid. I actually rewatched it in the last month. I don't know why. And it wasn't all that good, but it's the same concept where, well, they don't fight monsters. They settle wars by having combatants get into giant mechs and fight each other. And yeah. But the mechs work like the same way, right? Like you're somehow synced up with the robot and all this stuff. So, Well, this takes two people. Right. You have to be in sync and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I I vaguely remember some of the first movie. I don't think I liked it that much, but it is what it is. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm thinking like for me like two and a half, three is probably right. Like, I don't even think there's a big window here. I think. No, I think it'll be right at two and a half for me of if it's on TV, I can watch it again. (laughs) It'll be, it'll be an average movie that I think will be entertaining to turn your brain off and just watch some stuff. Right. I have a hard time too, with like complete CGI fests because I agree on one hand, it's okay because if the whole movie is CGI, then you're kind of set in that world where you know that, Every time we step out in the real world, it's going to be a CGI background and everything. Whereas sometimes I think when you have real film scenes combined with CGI, it tends to get that clash. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on that whole thing. But this is going to be a CGI fest. Like everything's going to be green screen. Probably very few scenes are going to actually be real. But when you know that going into it, you can kind of get yourself in the right mind for it. Yeah, but I think there's a, a difference in the way that this does it opposed to some other movies is that the city itself doesn't look CGI. And so you can put yourself in, okay, the robot's in an actual city. Mm-hmm. And so the city looks like a city. And so it doesn't take me out as much as something where I know everything on on screen is fake. Right. You know, so you're putting that... Obviously, I know that there's not a giant robot you know, <laughs> running around the city, yeah. but but it, it makes it more believable to me when at least part of the components look like they're supposed to. Sure. And then, but that again, that can also take you away from it when they really don't look like they fit right. at all. Yeah, that makes sense. Everybody should know what to expect with Pacific Rim Two. Yeah, it will not be nominated for an Oscar. No, maybe a <laughs> Razzie. <laughs> right, that could be. All right, Ready Player One. We have mixed feelings on the first trailer that came out of this. You and I? Yes. Yeah, we do. I didn't like the first trailer. Oh, I did. And I think it was the music choice. What? Uh, I think it was the Rush? second. Tom Sawyer? The, uh, the second half. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what they play in the second one. The second half, I think, is Tom Sawyer. Yeah. And I, I really liked when that whole scene of them getting all together. Yeah. 
I mean, I felt like I knew what the movie was. I didn't know what the main plot line was, but I was okay with that mm-hmm. because they had so much nostalgia in the trailer that I was going to see, I mean, Freddy Krueger and sure, you know, back the DeLorean driving around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to see this movie. Yeah. My reaction on that was, I got it. I mean, they're throwing in all sorts of references. I get, I got the general gist of it. And I kind of knew it because I've been wanting to read this book for a while. And I'll be honest, after I saw the trailer, the first one, I was like, I don't even really want to read the book. This kind of turned me all off because it, it was very, very CGI heavy. And I kind of get it because he's going into a video game world. But it gave me nothing to go off of. All it told me in the first trailer was this kid's going to go into a video game world and let's do a Where's Waldo of 80s nostalgia as we watch this movie. Which is perfect for me. Hey. I could see, it, it already sold me. Yeah, so. I could see how people would like it. It's just it, I didn't have any idea of what we're doing other than, oh, hey, there's a DeLorean. There's Freddy Krueger. There's Iron Giant. Okay, and but, they're fighting. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it just didn't give you enough to really latch on to anything. Um, so then transitioning into the trailer, too, it actually starts to tell you about the plot and what's going on and what the actual objective of is the movie other than watch this kid be in a video game world forever. There's like, there's something that he needs to do and what he's trying to battle against and why there's all this fighting and stuff. So I like the second trailer much better. It still feels like an Easter egg hunt of Easter egg hunts. And in the trailer, they actually say there's an Easter egg. Right. So it's like three layers of Easter eggs, I guess, you know, the audience looking for their own Easter eggs in terms of spotting these eighties nostalgic characters. Mm -hmm. And then the guy in the movie, in the game looking for an actual Easter egg. So it's fine. I'm fine with it. It looks better to me now than I had thought originally. Yeah, I just don't like them diving too far into plot and trailers that where they got enough to where they hooked me. Apparently, they, they turned you off, so they needed a different different angle on their trailer. But uh, uh, they, they already sold me on the first one. And so the second one, it's like, okay, I'm going to the movie anyway. I don't want to see all this. And I don't know why he's the one that is better at finding this Easter egg than anybody else. Right. You know, I'm sure they'll go into that mm-hmm. of why he's the chosen one. He's Neo, you know, <laughs> right. you know d- diving right. in here. Um, but I do think, you know, all the little throw-ins that they're, that even the second trailer that threw in more, again, it's more of a nostalgia thing for me that I think I'll enjoy it. Yeah. I think for me, I probably should have thought about the first one as like a teaser. And then the second one as the full trailer. And I get for some people, the first one would be enough uh, of just the visuals and the concept, and that's enough to sell people. And for me, it just I needed some sort of an idea of what was going on to really under to really feel like I wanted to see it, other than just the eye candy and stuff. So I'm glad I got the trailer number two because it really did change my opinion. It, I was on the fence. I'd have been like, hey, if the kids want to see it, I'll go see it. But then after I saw the second one, I'm genuinely interested in seeing it now. Yeah, and I think Spielberg alone. I mean, when does he put a, a bad product on? screen i think we talked about this recently but it was in the context of tom hanks but spielberg likes to do a lot of tom hanks well yeah but he still makes good movies he doesn't make bad ones let's let's put it that way okay because i'm just going to rattle a few off the top of my head i mean he just made the post which i know you haven't seen yeah bridge of spies was average um i'd really have to go back and think about one or two more in recent years those are very different types of movies though they are, but I'm just saying in general, Spielberg has kind of, I mean, he had hands on Indy 4, did he not? If we're going back like even 10 years. Yeah. Anyways, disappointing. I feel like Spielberg has kind of devolved a little bit into more of the, I'll never make a bad movie, but it's been a while since I've made a great movie. And I, I'm sure that, that tends to happen, but that's where I'm a little iffy on it. Well, I'm thinking this will be, uh, I'm a little more excited, so I think I'm going to give this uh, a four 
I think uh, that's what I'm anticipating. Okay, yeah, I'm probably I, I. It's Spielberg, so I will say I would be hard pressed to think he'll produce something lower than a three. So probably three to four window for Ready Player One. I had heard that there were a bunch of different directors attached to this at some point, like Nolan was attached to it and a few other guys. So I think, and I know somebody who's read the book and said it was a pretty interesting book. It relies heavily on 80s nostalgia. So I don't know how much that'll resonate with like my kids, for example, but for us, I'm sure it'll be fun. So yeah, three to four feels right. Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider. Uh, Second trailer, much better, again, much better than the first trailer. I think they explained a lot more and again, a lot more than they should have. What I didn't like is they said glo- preventing global genocide. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it doesn't need to be that big, right. you know? And so she's on an island, she's hunting for her dad or something, solving puzzles. And yeah, it doesn't need to be global genocide. It can be just saving her dad, you know, some, bring it, bring the world smaller. I really like their choice of mm-hmm. Lara Croft. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see what she does. She was good in Ex Machina for sure. Yeah. And lo- love the accent. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think she fits the believable build of somebody who could do the stuff that she's doing. Do you know uh, who almost got that role? No. Daisy Ridley. Really? Mm-hmm. There's like a who's who of actresses that almost got that role. There's like Olivia Wilde, Daisy Ridley. I think Jennifer Lawrence was talked about. I mean, there was some were rumors and some were actually probably offered the role or whatever. But I know Daisy Ridley was one that they talked about. I like, you know, I like Daisy a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I see her in that. Yeah. And it'd so it'd be a different role for sure. It'd be, I don't think she's almost edgy enough for mm-hmm. that, but she's, she's still almost girl next door. Right. You know, even as Ray, right. She, she's still that. Uh, I don't see her murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> yeah. It's been a that, while since I've played the Tomb Raider games, so I don't really know how much they're adhering to whatever storyline probably was yeah. there. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's too much. Like when I watched Assassin's Creed, I felt like um, at first when I heard it was Fassbender and going this, like, oh, hey, maybe there's going to be like, I don't know, video games walk this fine line, video game movies, I should say, walk this fine line between, I think, adhering too much to their source material and getting away from it too far. And I get it. There's got to be elements because you're going to have people that want to go see an Assassin's Creed or a Tomb Raider movie. And if you don't give them a Tomb Raider movie, it's going to feel like when I watched super mario brothers movie as a kid right what is this it's not even mario brothers why did i even (laughs) sit and watch this but there's some things where you just go too far the other direction and it's like video games just have a really hard time translating into movies for some reason and i was really excited when i heard she was taking this role i thought oh it must be a kind of a decent movie but when i see the trailer it just it feels like yet another video game movie and if you've seen enough of the video game movies it's hard to describe but there's just this feel that those movies have like Hitman, Assassin's Creed, and now Tomb Raider, even the first Tomb Raiders with Angelina Jolie. I know they were 10 plus years ago, but those movies just have a certain feel. And this one to me, just even from the trailer feels like those movies. I I could see that. I do think in this one, they're just taking more her origin and then the puzzle figuring outness of what, who that character is. I don't know about the, <laughs> again the the global genocide piece of if that's in any of the games again i haven't played it since the first right uh, the very first tomb raider right but it's kind of like the resident evils right there's the umbrella corp that's trying to do all this bad stuff it just i don't know it was hard for me to escape that sense of dread of another video game movie yeah and, and actually i don't even i view this more as a indiana jones's daughter 
movie. And so I, I like I put her dad as Indy and he's lost on his island and she's a lot like him, but Oh, I think that's probably where Tomb Raider came from. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it's what what it wants to be. Yeah. I just think that in execution it's not looking overly good. I did learn from the trailer that she can jump really, really far. She can. Off a off a boat. Uh off a boat, off a plane, between rocks. I think between the two trailers there's three scenes of her jumping like extremely far she's got strong legs i guess so yeah yeah so uh, i'd probably ceiling of three i don't know i'm i'm expecting a three yeah but uh i i, I could go higher ah, maybe yeah I, i'm i mean her accent alone i think it <laughs> could, could take me to a three right. and a half or four right yeah. i think the floor is pretty low on this one i don't, I don't think it goes below a two but yeah. i think it could because I like uh, Boyd. I don't know what his real name is. Boyd. I know Dominic West is the dad, if that's who you're talking about. No. Uh, oh, I, I, I know like who you're talking too. about. You're talking about the guy from, from Justified. Hate- and Hateful Eight, right? And he's in Hateful Eight. And yes. Vice Principals. Yeah. yeah he, he's kind of... Walter or something. I like him as an actor, but I don't know if I like any roles that he's been in. Because he's in... He was fine in Hateful Eight. He was okay, but uh, and and I think I I like him in in stuff, yeah. but um, he's in. Uh, isn't he also in Django? I feel like he's the guy who's gonna um, <laughs> take the hot knife to Django out in the shed. So he feels yeah. like he feels like that kind of guy where he's a good, not main bad guy, but he's a good henchman. Yeah, like right hand man who's kind of squirrely and kind of loose. You know, in the head, you know, marbles lost. I think he was in G.I. Joe 2 as well. Kind, I, of, kind of that same <laughs> mentality. But, right. But I, I do like him, and so I'm just kind of curious how, how they use him in that, whatever yeah. his name is. Walt, I'm just going to look it up. Walton Goggins. No wonder I don't ever remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Walton Goggins. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad name. I'm surprised he didn't change that. Yeah, Arnold Strong. Right. Yeah. That wraps up kind of what we have for March. What are you, what are you feeling about March? Overall, now that we've gone through everything, I'm feeling that I can't wait till April. <laughs> I think that's fair. I definitely think that's fair. Although I haven't looked ahead to April, I know Rampage is coming, and I'm not interested in seeing that. But. Well, I think uh, I think this will entertain me enough, but it's there's nothing that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see some movies, but not a lot of hopes for that, right? All right. Okay, so what we'd like to do now is get into our top five list. We'll probably do these once a month when we do our preview episodes, but we like to do more of an obscure top five list. If you listen to episode one of The Last Jedi, we tried to go with a top five eighth installment of a franchise. And again, we kind of have these loosely based subjects that we go after, and we figured we'll argue them out um, either in terms of what they mean or how the movies rank out. So you want to go with what you came up with on this one? Yeah, so this... This month, we're going to do a top five giant monsters not named King Kong or Godzilla. And so it's up to you to justify what that means and come up with our top five. So I struggled a little bit as I was going through this of, is it the monster or is it the movie? And so I was, am I rating this on the how good the movie is itself or how good the actual monster is? And I kind of bounced back and forth. So, okay. so this will be, be interesting. So my, my number five is actually what we talked about a little bit earlier was Pacific Rim. Okay, and so I liked the kaiju. I like their uh, origin. Um, you can add the robots to that fighting. Uh, so just a- as a movie, it was my my fifth pick. Okay, I can see that. Um, my number five was actually Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Yes. So I had a little bit of an internal debate 
I wanted to possibly do Super 8. Super 8, I think, is a little bit of a better movie. I gave Cloverfield the edge, though, because we said giant monsters. Super 8 has a big monster. I think relative to humans, it's maybe giant. It'd be like a giant like from maybe even less than what the, the giants are in Game of Thrones. Yeah. But because Cloverfield's an actual huge giant monster, I was like, yeah, okay, let's give it that. And, and Cloverfield was awesome when it came out. I think I've maybe seen it once in theaters. Cloverfield reminds me of Lost in the sense that like the experience of Cloverfield the first time was huge because there's this all this hype leading up to it and nobody knew what it was going to look like and they were not giving away information and it was found footage which at the time was probably on the tail end so I enjoyed that first ever viewing of Cloverfield I haven't watched it a lot to know that whether I still like it a whole lot or not that's why I put it at number five so you put it at number five even though you barely ever see any of the monster whatsoever yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. If we're because <laughs> if we're talking about Godzilla, Cloverfield did not do what Godzilla did. Godzilla was like the ultimate tease. It got ridiculous. Like the, th- the third or fourth <laughs> time that it like closed the doors when you see Godzilla, I was like, okay, or turn off pushing. the TV when the the footage comes on. <laughs> yeah, as a whole, the movie Cloverfield was a pretty cool experience when it first came out. So number five for me. Okay, number four, I have the host. The host. I, I, I doubt you've seen, seen this host. because it's a Korean movie. I saw it a long time ago when I really started getting into Asian cinema. So that's around probably the time that I saw Old Boy for the first time. I saw Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, or Lady Vengeance, I think is what it was. Um, it's a really interesting movie. It's made by the same guy who did Snowpiercer. The, the CGI is not very good. But it's a really interesting take on monster movies because it's like a drama comedy at times. And when you get monster movies in America you get formulaic. We talked about disaster movies earlier. Monster movies in America have their own kind of formula that nobody ever really seems to deviate from. Cloverfield was one of those deviations for the first time in a long time. So seeing this um, Korean movie tackle a a monster movie, their take on it, it was like a breath of fresh air. Um, I don't remember loving it, but I remember thinking it was a solid movie. So if you haven't seen it, I would recommend checking it out. So what's the monster? It's just a monster that is... It comes from, I believe, so it's, I'm probably going on 10 years worth of memory. It comes from a river, and I think it might have had to do with um, nuclear, not nuclear, but maybe waste. So it has, the movie has a social, um, environmental message to it, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's, it's got, you probably wouldn't like it, because if I remember right, I think it's got like four or five squid arms. <laughs> T- tentacle monsters <laughs> yeah, i was trying not to use the t word yes there are no tentacle monsters on my list yeah so i don't think i like overly loved it but i think i remember it being pretty solid okay i went with uh reign of fire mm-hmm. i thought about that one too it's a dragon mm-hmm. a, a giant dragon but i think more of the movie with matthew mcconaughey and christian bale i think brought me to to that mm-hmm. although the major disappointment in that movie is Matthew McConaughey with his axe for for no reason, jumping at the dragon and doing nothing. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, that's a really cool trailer scene, mm-hmm. but really wasted in the movie. Mm-hmm. So dragons are monsters? So dragons are monsters. Okay. I mean, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, what, what, what else would they be considered? I don't know. It, they're never referred to as monsters. In the worlds where dragons live, they're called dragons. If a dragon invaded... Like but if you didn't America. know what a dragon was, you'd call it a monster. I, I thought about that one, too, so I won't push too hard on that one. Okay, so number three, I went with Tremors. Wow. 
I think this is, we are almost always lining up on at least one of our picks. Yes, I had Tremors as number three. Some, the Graboids? Yeah, the Graboids. <laughs> um, I debated whether they were giants, but then I kind of thought of it. It's been a while since I've seen Tremors, but I mean, they were pretty large when They're they came big. out of the ground. Yeah, Tremors, I, it's hard to say how much of that pick for me is nostalgia because I haven't seen it all the way through in a long time, but I remember it being like it kind of knows what it is. It's Kevin Bacon. It's maybe not full blown B movie, but it's teetering on that. But it also recognizes what it is, and it's actually I remember it being kind of funny, enjoyable. Yeah it it doesn't take itself overly seriously. Again, I I haven't seen it in a long time, but I right. but I remember I remember really liking it, and that and that's one that I I'd like to throw in again. I don't yeah. need to see two through eight of Tremors, but I, I'd like to see the first one again. So you know that there's another one coming out, is right? Is it really? Yeah, they just, I saw a picture of Michael Gross. He's in Arctic gear now, so I, so I guess he's up in the Arctic. Well, Grabboy started growing wings and legs, and, and Michael Gross is still yeah. going at it. Yeah, he's made an entire career out of uh, hunting Graboids. Hunting Graboids. Yeah. Bert Gummer. Bert, yes. All right, so number two, what do you got? I have Jurassic Park. Okay. I kind of wondered if we were going to say dinosaurs could be monsters. I, I took took that off the list twice and then uh, came back and was like, no, that's that's a giant monster. And yeah. so I went with you know the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. I think it's, it's iconic. It's a, a really good movie. I'd probably say great movie. And, you know, I, I enjoy dinosaurs more and more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the first Jurassic Park. Everyone since then, including Jurassic World, has just been kind of underwhelming to me. You know my stance on it, which is, there's only so many times I can see fake dinosaurs on a screen and I'm supposed to be in awe of it and I'm really not. So every time they do that like wide angle shot of the big orchestral music and here's the dinosaur walking, I'm like, guys, this is like the seventh time I've seen this now. It's not it's no longer cool. But <laughs> the first one was cool. And I, I really like how well the effects of the first one have held up. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. the CGI where they tried to do it was bad, but it's almost like I can I can respect bad practical effects more than I can respect bad cgi i agree so i the first jurassic park is hard to argue with if i was going to put dinosaurs on my monster list jurassic park would have had to have been on my list but i just set aside dragons and dinosaurs altogether wow yeah okay I did. so what's your number two <laughs> the mist the mist again creatures that we don't even see yeah you you see a big tall giant at creature the, at the very end of the movie um no i think they give you a hint of it when the fog is first out there in the grocery you stores. mean the mist the mist yeah that's terrible on my part but yes <laughs> yeah um it's a and it's actually you know arguably not really that much of a monster movie it's more about what happens to society if something like that were to happen but there's a giant monster there and yeah. it's a good movie and so you have more movie on that one than I think my whole thing was movies. I was okay. trying to say what was the best movie with a giant with monster. a giant monster. Gotcha. And I will say The Mist is again more of a social commentary. I thought the social commentary was really good. I won't talk about the ending even though it's like 10, 15 years old at this point, but the ending is absurd and it makes the movie for me. I see I liked the the dynamics. They're all locked in a, a grocery store. Um but I think it, they went over the top with a lot of it and a lot more quickly than I think real life would happen, but they were trying to get to their yeah. Nobody their, wants to their, see their end, you know. Yeah. Nobody were, wants to see a three and a half hour movie of people coming apart at the seams in a grocery store. Yeah, over ten years, you know, or whatever, yeah. you know. But it's uh, yeah, it is one of those ones that stays with you. Yeah, uh, after you've seen it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so number one, I'm I'm guessing we probably have the same number one. Is that because you can see what I wrote down? No, no, I can't. I went with Ghostbusters. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was the easy puffed. choice. Yeah. So were you ranking on monsters or were you ranking on movies? A bit of both. And uh, I bounced back and forth and I was like, you know what? This is going to be on my list. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I went with, again, both with Ghostbusters. Sure. The, the movie is one of my favorites. And then you throw in the Marshmallow Man, which as a kid, I always thought the Ghostbuster emblem was the Marshmallow Man. Yeah. You know? And, and it was like, well, how do they know that that's going to be there later? And, it, it, you know, I was what? six right but no that, that was one of the all-time best giant monsters in any movie yeah i agree i think as a monster it's so creative that you could put it on the list just for the monster alone but then if you're even slightly teetering your ranking into the movies aspect ghostbusters has to be up there it's it's so it's such a perfect movie in terms of comedy creativity uniqueness i love it so yeah absolutely number one I agree. Cool. Well, I, I think that's probably compared to the last Jedi. I think we maybe had one in sync when we did that one. So to get two of the same movies in the same order, it's pretty impressive. I pretty think. dead on. Yep. We'll have to get more obscure with our list here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Definitely a little bit more obscure. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for our March preview episode. So thanks for listening. Remember to check out our website at twoviewsmovies.com and subscribe to us. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>